Welcome to the House Church Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's message by Pastor Stephen Sexton. If you would like to know more about the House Church, please visit our website at welcometothehouse.com or download the House app. And I just want to say this, no matter what has happened to you in your past, God wants to be a part of your future. No matter what's happened to you in the past, God wants to be a part of your future. And I want to read a verse today that's going to help our thoughts this morning as I kind of unpack this first initial thought of being called. In 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, I want us to look at this. It says, The Lord is not slow to fulfill His promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you. Come on, anybody like the fact that God's patient? All right, three people. Uh, Okay. Not wishing that any would perish, but that all should reach repentance. Come on. That's good. This text is about Jesus' return. And if you're new to church, the Bible teaches us that Jesus was buried and then rose again. And upon leaving his disciples on on the Mount of Olives... He told him, I'm going to be back. I will be back. You will see me again. I am coming. There will be a return, and I'm coming back. And for those of us that have been in church for a little while, and you've heard messages about, God, he's coming on that horse. Get ready. The trumpet. Come on, if you've heard any sermons about that, you, you maybe you kind of have this thought, Come on, <laughs> Let, let's go, Let, let's, let's, let's rally, I'm ready, let's all, you know, let's, let's, go, let's do this. But here's the thing, is that we need to understand that the writer begins to communicate a deep truth that's very important for us to comprehend. Jesus is waiting, and he's waiting to make sure that everyone has been invited into new life. He's waiting. He's waiting. Come on. And for those of us that are parents, we're glad that he's waiting a little bit because we may have a daughter or a son, come on, that's not really, we may have a mom or a dad. Anybody know anybody who's not, who, thank God, Jesus is waiting because I have a few family members, come on somebody, that I'm not sure what's going on in their heart, and while I cannot judge their heart, I am concerned because I don't know if I see any fruit of a commitment that they've made. And so I'm very happy that Jesus, come on, is waiting. Here's what I want you to know, is that God is still moving, God is still calling, and God is still inviting people to come. Jesus is waiting to the last moment possible, hoping that all, everybody say all. All. Come on now, wake up. Everybody say all. all. That was a little better. Because he is waiting for all so that they can have the knowledge that redemption is possible. Redemption is possible. This is the call. There is a call going out to better understand the significance of the word call. Call means to ask, to invite, to summon, to shout for all of us here. Let's put this into perspective. We make calls all the time. We make calls to friends. We call in sick. We call to make an order. Come on, there's a song. I just called to say 
I love you too. Thank you. you know, maybe that's a little old school for you, so you want to call me maybe. <laughs> but, but, but the reality is that, that um, there is a call that has gone out that is directly from the Father God. And it's not a call from a politician. It's not an auto call. It's not a salesperson call. It's not a call from someone from your past. It's a call to repent. It's a call to receive. It's a call to recalibrate your life so you can have life. And it's the most significant call you will ever receive in your life. For those of us who have answered that call, your life is now on a trajectory where there is a missional adventure waiting for you. For those of you, maybe you're just still kind of waiting and kind of checking it out. Well, I'm not sure about this. Here's what I want you to know. The phone is still ringing. The phone is still ringing. Have any of you ever, you have that friend that calls you, you don't answer, but then they call you again? And you're like, okay, if I don't answer the first time, <laughs> I cannot talk or I don't want to talk. And so this is not necessarily a sign of rejection. It could be a sign of busyness. And so I'll get to you because your name popped up. You know what I'm saying? But, but it's like they have to call two or three times just to make sure you weren't busy the first. I am busy the first. That's why I didn't answer. You know, come on. God is one that will continue to call. Continue to ring. Continue. For all of us, the invitation is still active, and it is the hope of, of him that all would surrender their hurt, their pride, and their agenda to receive his call. My assignment today is you're invited. You're invited. Matthew chapter 22. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 22. We'll also have it here on the screen. But I, I want to walk and, and, and get into this text because I think it will help us fully understand this invitation. Now, before we begin this um, reading this text, I want to give you a little, just a little background. I want to kind of get us all on the same page. Allow me to give some context. So this story is about, that we're going to read, is about a wedding feast. And so, and so here is how Jewish society, they, they did it different than us in our current society. You know, we, fi we, we find someone, we're like, hey, uh, I love you. Um, and we ask them, and we put a ring on their finger, and we invite everybody, and we have the wedding, and, and that's how we do it. But in Jewish culture, um, when, a, a, when two couples wanted to come together to be married, they would sit down with the parents, and they would enter into this contract, and they would enter into this covenant. And so what they would do is they would sign the covenant and the contract first, they were considered to be married, and then the, the man, the groom, would go off, build his house, get his home totally prepared, and when the home was done, see, the wife would continue to live with the parents. They were legally married, and when the home was finished, he would come back, 
And then immediately when he came back, they would have the celebration, the ceremony, and they would turn out. The party would start. Come on, somebody. We need to maybe reinstitute that, okay? Uh, like, I'm going to get married and live at your house. No, no, go build your house, son, and then come and take her with you. you know, this is not, so there were some good things about that. But, um, and so we need to understand that because the whole the whole community would turn out for this party. It was like, man, the house is built. You're going to be married. It's great. And so some parties would last like not just a day, but like weeks. Come on. Can you imagine? I remember Katie and I getting married and, and uh, like many of you uh, men, you could not wait till the reception was over. Okay. I don't know if I could holler at a all week. <laughs> hey, play, DJ, play it again. <laughs> the roof, the roof. <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's, uh, time to go. <laughs> a week celebration party. And so let's look at this text. Matthew chapter 22, verse 1 through 14. And again, Jesus spoke to them in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son and sent his servants to call to those who were invited to the wedding feast, but they would not come. Again, he sent another servant, saying, Tell those who were invited, See, I have prepared my dinner. My ox and the fat calves have been slaughtered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding feast. But they paid no attention. They went off, one to his farm, another to his business, while, they rested, uh, while, while the rest seized his servants, treated them shamefully, and killed them. The king was angry and sent out troops and destroyed the murderers and burned the city. And then he said to the servants, the wedding feast is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Therefore, go into the main roads, invite, the wedding, invite to the wedding feast as many as you can find. And those servants went out to the roads and gathered all whom they found, both bad and good. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came and looked at the guests, he saw that there was a man who had no wedding garment. And he said to him, friend, how, how did you get in here without the wedding garment? And he was speechless. And the king said to the attendants, bind him hand and foot, cast him into outer darkness in the place, because there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, for there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, come on, but few are chosen. I want to talk a little bit. I want to talk, this is a powerful text, and I think that, here's the thing, is I believe that when, when we come to church, there should be many things that we experience, and so this is what I'm hoping that you experience. I'm hoping that you come and experience life, that, that there is a good news, and it's not a condemning news, it's a good news. And that when you come, you feel uh, inspired, encouraged, motivated, where your wrongs, your, your, your issues, the temptations, the things that you're working to overcome are not the things that hold you back and hinder you from a relationship with God. I also think that there's a little bit of when you come to church, there should be correction. There should be. If you go to a church that is all encouragement and no correction, then here's the thing, is that the church may be exciting, but it will never grow. 
spiritually because what it will do is it will incubate babies but it will never grow people even paul talked about listen you're still on milk we need to be growing in some things we need to be developing some things and so the truth of the matter is as my kids grow they learn harder truths when they were babies, Katie and I held them back from some certain truths. Does that make sense? We held them back from cause and effect. We held them, but as they get older, there is this cause and effect, and they begin to embrace maturity. And the Bible says that when I became a man, I put away childish thoughts, and I stepped into what God had called me to do. Does that make sense? And so the truth is, I don't ever want people to come and feel like there's a heavy lift. I can't do it. You can do it. Greater is he that is in you, come on somebody, than it's in the world. You can do it. But the truth of the matter is, if we only go to a doctor that tells us how healthy we are, listen, there has been times over the last couple of months I've gone to the doctor and they have told me things that I didn't want to hear, but in order... For me to change so that I can come on be where I ultimately want to be and sometimes I can't eat what I want to eat and sometimes I can't do what does that make sense sometimes I can't and and so how dare you make it hard for me but I'm making it hard for you so that life can become easier does this make sense as we look through this passage I want to walk through some thoughts and I want to give you three decisions to make when you hear the call for all of us three decisions to make when you hear the call and the first is we got to see the father's heart you know many of us when we read this text we kind of got, got the ooh feeling when we when we saw that that uh, some of the servants were attacked and the and the king went out and took care of business you know what I'm saying we were like oh and or, or maybe we we even kind of stepped back a little bit and were confused when when the um when the king went up to the one man who wasn't dressed like everybody else and thought ooh I just don't know if that's very tolerant I don't know if that's very accepting I don't know if that's very Come on, does that make sense? You may have read that and thought, ah, but here's the thing. If you focus on that, but you don't focus on the Father's heart and how many times he went out, how many times, he, it wasn't just one time, it was many times that he went out, get him here, get him here. And here's the concept that we need to understand is that God has a heart for people. He does. Look at the hospitality of the king. Look at the father. In other words, he's saying, you are welcome here. You are welcome here. He sent out one servant as a reminder. Put this on your Google calendar. We're about to have some food up at the house. Nobody paid attention. Sent out servants again. Nobody paid attention. Some people even got angry. What kind of love does the Father have that he will send his servants into harm's way just so that people have the opportunity to reject it? I'm going to tell you the truth. You don't like me? I ain't sending you a Christmas card. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not doing good. I'll pray for you. I ain't going to spend no money on you. Come on, is that, is that true? Man, how many of you like, I'm going to their house because they don't like me? You know, I mean, come on. Come on, we, we generally stay away from people who don't like us. The king says, go. Go knock on every door and let them make a decision 
but I want to make sure the call goes out. Look at this. Many times the king sent out servants. God's attitude is that everyone is invited to this meal. Everyone is invited to this meal. And here's the thing. I would rather take the willing over the affluent. I would rather take someone who will come, come on, than someone who's too busy. I am providing something, and who will be the ones to come? God was almost saying, I desire a full house. Come on, we're going to turn out. And you get the ones here who will come. I think the second thing that's important for us to understand is that when we see the call, when we hear the call going out, we've got to accept the invitation. God will not send you, listen to this, God will not send you one invitation in your Christian life. It is invitation after invitation because he is interested in a journey and transforming your heart. He is not interested in one moment that you get your ticket and you're done. I want to save you. Then I want to heal you. Then I want to prepare you. Then I want to commission you. Then I want you to... And there was invitation after invitation. Come on. The reality is God is wanting us to get to the place where we will receive the next step and do it. I remember years ago, I had a friend call me, and uh, he was, uh, he's an owner of a company, and he's like, man, I'm going duck hunting. I want you to come. And I was like, <laughs> what? Okay. And, 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 and so at this point in time, I, I didn't really, I mean, I always had, like, had the desire to hunt. You know? I mean, I wasn't really a hunter. I mean, I, you know, I, 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 the only thing I hunted before that time was my wife. <laughs> so, so I guess I'm pretty good. I guess I'm pretty good. But, um, uh, but, but anyway, um, and so the, the thing is that uh, he was like, I want you to come duck hunting. And I was like, yeah, this is going to be awesome. I don't, but, but, but then this thing came over me. It's like, I have nothing. Like, I have nothing. I don't, I don't have camo. I mean, I can go get some camo. I don't have a shotgun. I used to have a shotgun, but, you know, it was, I didn't really grow up with guns or shot or anything. So I, I had this little plug in it, and I shot the shotgun through it, and I broke the bar- Anyway, I, I just, I, I, I was uh, not very good with just uh, learning. I just didn't have a dad growing up, so I was just, I just didn't know. And so he's like, well, you want to come? And I was like, well, I don't know. And my wife's like, you should go. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to go. And, he, and I was like, I have nothing. And he was like, you don't have to worry about anything. I'll have everything. He said, you just come. And I was like, just come? And he's like, you just come. And I was like, just come. And he was like, obviously bring your toothbrush, but just come. And so, and so I came, and, and in, the, in the room was like camo that matched. You know what I'm saying? Shoe, boots, uh, shotgun, uh, the, the duck calls that I didn't know how to use. I, was, I just annoyed everybody. Um, and, and, and so he begins to walk me through talking about the duck blind and go, and, and it was awesome. And I, and, I, and I went, and I was able to sit down, and at this place, I mean, it was, it was nice. Anytime I sat down, I could get anything I wanted to eat. And so I was like... <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> I just stay right here. <laughs> and so we got to order stuff and eat. It was great. And then, then he was like, okay, we're going to get up in the morning. And I was like, okay, great. What should I set my alarm for? And he's like, like uh, four. And I was like, 
Okay. <laughs> like, this is why I don't hunt. <laughs> and so he was like, because we got to eat breakfast. And I saw so I was going and ate breakfast. And, and I was like, okay, this is, hunting's getting better. And, and, and then we went out to the blind, and it was wet and cold and awesome. And, and I, I shot a couple ducks, and, and, and I got to take them home. And it was like this awesome experience. And, I, and, I, and I, all I had to do was accept the invitation. All I had to do was say yes. And I feel like sometimes churchy people make the invitation really, really hard when really all you have to do is say yes. You know, I mean, if you come to Jesus, you got to stop cussing. <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, you know, we can't be dropping F-bombs in the house of God. <laughs> so so you, you, you got to change that. I mean, you got to change, your, you gotta change your, your, the way you look. You got you to cover your... Things that are like sinful. You gotta, you gotta, I mean, and so we have all of these things that that you have to do, but that's not what God said. And here's what is interesting is that I love in the Bible it said that God called the good and the bad. What did that mean? It meant that this whole story is about a covenant relationship that, that God was having with his people, Israel. And there was this wedding that was happening. And people were rejecting Jesus, the fulfillment, come on somebody, of what God wanted to do. But God, this was necessary. i got to turn my phone off. Listen, uh, thank y'all for coming. Uh, uh, here's the thing, is that the invitation was going out, and this is a metaphor of God's relationship with his people. That's what the story's about. And here's the thing, some people made it light. Oh, come on, church. When people get saved, when they get baptized, when God begins to work in their life, I'll ask what churches do. People should get saved. And, and, and are we now in a position where when transformation begins to happen, it's light? Like the invitation went out, ah, that's just the king. That's just the what. God was moving, sending Jesus, but people made it, come on, light. It's, it's, it's this is nothing. No, no, no. This whole thing is story from Genesis to Revelation is about Jesus. And I'm trying to tell you, I'm trying to honor my son because it is now all prepared and we can do what we've set out to do. And you're making this light that has been generations in the making. Come on. Some were busy. I got to take care of my business. I got to take care of my home. I got to take care of my house. I got things to do. I'm a very, very busy man. I mean, obviously, you, King, you can't expect me to drop what I'm doing to go get you a little snack. But here's the problem with that is that maybe they thought they'd have more time. Maybe they thought, thought it was no big deal. Maybe they put what they were doing over what he was doing. But here's what I'm saying is that some missed the call because they were too busy. And here's what I'm saying. Dad, mom, teenager, come on, we live in a busy, busy society. And you can be busy doing a lot of great things. But if you are so busy, you can't hear the call of God say, forgive your mom, forgive your dad, step out of complacency, stop being offended, 
Keep growing. Come on, you're, you're too busy. Because here's the deal. I don't want a church that's busy of doing all the things that will never produce anything. That doesn't mean that I don't want workers. That doesn't mean we, we don't do well and be excellent at what God has given us to do. But I don't want to be so busy that God can't be moving on our heart. That when there's an invitation for more, when there's an invitation to go to the next level, when there's an invitation to understand a greater depth of what God is doing, I'm just really not interested. I just kind of do church once a week. Maybe once a month. Come on. Come on. Tell me you love me. Okay. <laughs> Two people. My wife was the loudest. That's right. Some started attacking the servants. There are some in our society that are so against what God wants to do that they would will to attack it and kill it and remove it. And here's what is interesting to me is for everyone else, Judgment waits. But for those who try to stop the movement of God, it's quicker. Is that what you read? Is that what you understand? I'm just, is that, who's telling the story? It's Jesus. For everybody else who's just running, I'm going to call and I'm going to wait for you. But if you're actively trying to destroy the revelation and what I want to do in people's lives, you are going to make me execute quickly. I want to give you grace. I want, does that, did you see, do y'all read that? Do y'all read that in here? Come on, you may not like it, but I didn't make it. Here's what Jesus is saying. Listen, here's the thing. We want we want to see the Father's heart as we go through this. I love the last part is this. Some came. Some came. And this is huge. Because here's the thing. At this point, the law had gone forth. And in order to come to God, you had to keep the law. But now Jesus is saying, you can come. And I don't even care if you've kept the law. I just want my house full. And I'll fix you when you get inside. I'll change you when you get inside. I just want you to come. If you've not kept one commandment, or you've not done anything, if you're good or if you're bad, I just want, I just want you to come. The last thing is this. When you hear the call of God, there's a decision to make. And the greatest, I think, ending to the story is you've got to change your clothes. You got to change your clothes. The symbol of changing clothes is teaching us about the righteousness of God. Now, we know that this feast is full of all different types of people. Some with money and means and some with nothing. Nothing. And here's the point. Is that when God calls you, he covers you. Listen to what I'm saying. When Adam and Eve fell in Genesis, what was the first thing that he did? He called to Adam, Adam, where are you? And he said, the wife, <laughs> Eve messed this up. And what he did is he covered them. 
He covered them. God wants to cover all of our unrighteousness, all of our addiction, all of our thought, all of our habits, all of our insecurities, all of our brokenness. God wants to cover those. And here's the deal. What he will say, and, and, and this is what the expectation was. If you come to my party, I'm going to dress you. You don't have to worry about what you don't have. You don't have to worry about it with the, the dress code because I have everything here to be able to put on you and to dress you because I want to dress you because here's the deal. I am dressing you with the righteousness that you need. Isaiah 61.10 says, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord for my soul shall exalt in my God. For he has clothed me with the garment of salvation. He has covered me with a robe. Come on, somebody. Of righteousness. Here is why Jesus, here's why the king removed the one person. You can come any way that you want, but you cannot approach God the way you want. You hear what I'm saying? God receives us through his son and his son covers us and I can be addicted I can be broken I can do terrible things I can kill we, we see people in the Bible that were murderers we see people in the Bible who were terrible terrible people but here's the deal when they accepted the son they got entrance to the king if you take off Jesus you can't come any way you want you can't stay in the presence of God any way you want. Does that make sense? You can come broken. You can come addicted. You can come, but you can't stay in the presence of God without Jesus clothing you. Come on, somebody. Because light and darkness does not exist in the same place. It's either all light or it's all dark. For us. Every time we see someone get saved at the house, every time we see someone grow, every time we see God do something, we're excited because we understand they are taking on Jesus, and now they can have a face-to-face -face relationship with God Almighty, and the work that God wants to do can begin to change their life. Does this make sense? For us, that's the hope. That's the hope. Your eternal hope doesn't rest on doing good, not lying, being nice, working hard. Get, does that make sense? It doesn't, all of that is called works. And you can't work to get into God's good graces. You've got to come, come on somebody, through Jesus. Yes. He puts you at the party. And here was a man who decided, I want to party my own way. And God said, okay. There's only one way to party. Come on. Now, I know in our culture, we don't like that. <laughs> kind of get the hair on your back and your neck begins to come up. And nobody's going to tell me. I'm telling you, I'm grown. But here's what I want to let you know. When we surrender, our life begins to change. We begin to heal. We begin to, you know, does that make sense? We begin to flourish. We begin to do the things that God has called us to do. And here is my prayer for the people of the house. Is that you hear the call. Because the Bible says many are called. Few are chosen.
What does that mean? That means everybody gets the invitation, but the one who are chosen are the ones who come. 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 See, this, it's not about economics. It's not about uh, uh, degrees. It's not about color. It's not about, it's not about any of that. It's if you come. We just come. And just come. And so that's why, I, I'm going to tell you the truth. That's why I think the church needs to get better at this point. Because here's the deal. We look at people who, oh, you would be great at church. Because you, you, you could almost look like a Christian already. You would be, oh, you would be great in our church. No, 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 no. The great people are the ones that come. They're the ones that come. That's who we're looking for. And so here's the thing. Will you come? Will you, will you come out of apathy? Will you hear the invitation? Will you hear the call? Will you allow, I believe there's some people in here that over the last couple months, you have felt God's spirit stirring in you. You know what? I got to get back. I got to, I got to, we got to, we got, you know what? The, the roots and the things that were planted in me deep, long time ago, they're, they're starting to move. And, and I feel like God is doing something in my life. Here's the deal. It's the ring. Pick up the phone and watch everything in your life begin to transform. Amen? Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message ministered to you. Feel free to let us know on the Connect tab of the House Church app. We hope you have a great week.